the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, July the 28th, 2022, the year of our Lord. On July 28, 1945, the U.S. Senate ratified the United Nations Charter by a vote of 89 to 2. And today, July 28, 1945, a U.S. Army bomber crashed into the 79th floor of the New York's Empire State Building and killed 14 people. It was not an attack by a foreign country. It was an accident. Today, in 1914, World War I began. Austria-Hungary declared war on Serbia. Today, in 1943, President Franklin D. Roosevelt announced the end of coffee rationing. That would be a good thing. Which had limited people to one pound of coffee every five weeks since it began in November of 1942. Man, a pound of coffee every five weeks. That would not work for me at this point. Probably didn't work for a lot of people at that point then. Today in 1965, President Lyndon B. Johnson announced he was increasing the number of American troops in South Vietnam from 75,000 to 125,000 almost immediately. I was uh, I was notified of that event. I remember it very well. Told to get my physical and get ready. I would be in Vietnam within 90 days. As it turned out, I never was called up to active duty, but I went to the YMCA in Seattle and took my physical and was ready to go. I didn't even know for sure where Vietnam was, but I was pretty sure I was going to go there. But as it turned out, I didn't. But a lot of my friends did, and some of them didn't come home, as we all know. Today in 2016, Hillary Clinton accepted the Democratic presidential nomination at the party's convention in Philadelphia. She told her party she is a unifier. She said, I would be the right person for times like these. While she aggressively challenged Republican Donald Trump, said he has no ability to lead or to get things done. He, a self-made millionaire, billionaire, she a very rich public servant. Interesting. Today in 2020, President Donald Trump first publicly began to question the credibility of Dr. Anthony Fauci. He claimed this week he was on a, on a, television interview it was with the hill it was video and they were talking about they asked him they said dr fauci are you you know just looking back at covid-19 pandemic is there anything that you would do differently regarding this he said 
like, would you call for a lockdown of the country? And he broke into the conversation, Fauci did, and he said, I've never recommended locking anything down. I'm quoting him here. He said, first of all, I didn't recommend locking anything down. He said, look it up. He said, check out my my comments. He said, the CDC, they recommended. I didn't recommend that. He said, go back and look at my statements. Then he said, quote, Dr. Fauci this week, that we need to do everything we can to keep the schools open and safe. He said, that's what I said. But I thought, I don't remember it that way. So I did. I did exactly what he suggested we do. I went back and looked it up. Interestingly enough, on October 2020, Dr. Fauci himself was publicly recommending that former vice or former president Donald Trump quote shut the whole country down those are his words he was speaking to students at the college of the holy cross october 2020 he said when it became clear i'm quoting him when it became clear that we had community spread in the country i recommended to the president that we shut the country down that was at the event of the Holy Cross School. He went on to say that if the United States didn't shut down completely the way China did, then the spread of COVID-19 wouldn't be stopped. And Fauci continued beyond that and repeated himself several times. That's interesting. There's a new pandemic. Senator Marsha Blackburn, she's a Republican from Tennessee, a terrific person. She was saying on Tuesday of this week, after she heard this uh, claim by Dr. Fauci, she said, she said, it's absolutely impossible that we have Dr. Fauci back at it again. He's talking about another mask mandate and all this kind of thing, as you've probably heard. She said it's it's impossible that we have him back again. She said there's a new pandemic, and it's called Fauci fatigue. <laughs> and it is people are finding out that boy, his advice maybe maybe no one could have given better advice, but I kind of doubt that. I think he's I I don't I I think he's more full of himself than he is knowledge about this pandemic personally. And I came to that slowly, but I do believe that. But anyway, Dr. Anthony Fauci, there's an organization that's called, uh, it's a watchdog organization that's called Open the Books, or they go by OTB. It's a nonprofit uh, government um, watchdog. Uh, organization and that's all they do is they they just open the books and they look at how much money people are making taxpayer dollars that are paid they put out a little piece this week an article in fact dr anthony fauci will receive they said a tax paid annual federal retirement pension benefit of four hundred and fourteen thousand six hundred and sixty seven dollars 
more than the president's 400000 annual salary if he leaves civil service in January of 2025, as he said he plans to do. So they were putting this out, and there was no, of course, no comment on it by the press because they cover for Fauci quite often, as often as needed. And certainly Dr. Fauci wouldn't comment on that. So he's getting paid more than the President of the United States now. When he retires, he'll still be getting benefits, taxpayer dollars, for the rest of his life that equal more than the President of the United States salary. It's interesting. President Biden reacted this morning to a new GDP report. He said it's no surprise that the economy is slowing down. He said we expected that, but they didn't really expect it. His experts have been saying they've been predicting a growth report, but it it was not. The economy continues to shrink. U.S. economy shrank in the spring for the second consecutive quarter. That's how they define a recession. Biden's people have been trying to redefine the word recession. You may have noticed that in the news. It's been discussed this week. They've been doing that because they had a hunch that this wasn't going to be a good report. It is not. The economy shrank another 0.9% annualized basis April through June. He said this morning, the president He said just a little while ago this morning, he said, but even as we face historic global challenges, we are on the right path. We will come through this transition stronger and more secure. This, follow CNN poll, finds that 75% of Democrats want to replace him in 2024, yet he's saying he's going to run again. He and Kamala Harris are going to run together again. A Rasmussen report survey out this week, a couple of days ago, finds that barely one in five voters believe it would be good for the Democrats or America if Biden runs for re-election. Interesting times in which we live. Earlier this morning, I was reading from the Bible myself, just personally. I read Psalm 37. Let me share a little bit of it with you. I don't have the time to go through all of it today, but it begins with this. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily, Thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And then on down in that chapter, in verse 23, it says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Verse 24 says, Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him, with his hand. And 25 says, I have been young, and now I am old. 
Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. That is the word of the Lord. It is for us in these very difficult times, very, very trying times. I, um, it, It's just, uh, it's hard to describe how almost indescribable these times are. I mean, people are, are stepping up and they're supporting things that are so to common sense to us ordinary people out here are ridiculous. They're insane. I mean, I'm talking about our highest leaders in our land. I was talking earlier this week on the program about the the um, House of Representatives putting forward that bill that Nancy Pelosi is calling the Respect for Marriage Act. It's anything but that. I mean, it's not a respect for marriage. It's a disrespect for marriage. I was talking about the fact that 47 Republicans supported the bill in the House this last week. And I mentioned on this program, and if if you listen carefully, and many of you do, and I appreciate that, I am profoundly humbled. Thank you. But I said earlier this week, I said, I'm sure this won't be challenged really in the Senate because I said they have to get all 50 of the Democratic votes in the Senate and then they would have to get 10 Republicans to join the Democrats if they were going to undermine and redefine marriage. So I said, I I do not see that happening. Well, (laughs) within 24 hours of when this Respect for Marriage Act was floated out by Chuck Schumer, Republicans started saying, yeah, I'll support this. Oh, yes, I'll support this. It's amazing. I'll tell you, more than a few evangelical leaders are upset. They're very upset. Count me as one of them, whether or not I'm a leader. I represent myself, and I try to represent what the Lord says in his word on this program, and it's very upsetting. This Respect for Marriage Act, which would codify the 2015 United States Supreme Court decision, Obergfell versus Hodges, that legalized same-sex marriage nationwide into federal law. It passed the Democrat-controlled House last week, as I said. And as I said, 47 Republicans joined the Democrats. I couldn't believe they that many of them did. I talked about it. I won't put you through that again, but I talked about it earlier this week. It's stunning to me. 47 Republicans who have the support of evangelical Christians and biblical Christians around the country and in their districts, they wouldn't get elected without that. They wouldn't get elected without that vote. And they go off and 47 of them get behind Nancy Pelosi and carry her over the finish line. I mean, it's unbelievable. Anyway, what triggered that, the homosexual advocacy panic on this thing, was Justice Clarence Thomas. He was making some comments. He very His comments are all bright 
and insightful. I wish they all were like he is on the Supreme Court. Some of them are, thankfully. But that's what triggered this. He was talking about this whole idea of having these laws in America that are not constitutional, and the constitutional doesn't support them. So he said, he said, I think we should look at all the laws that are not constitutional and kind of right the ship. And he said, including Obergfell. Well, that was like a fire siren going off to the homosexual activists across this country, including our current administration. So they went to the mat on this one. And um, he said he 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 said he also agreed with the majority in the abortion case, but he said nothing in that opinion should be understood to cast doubt on precedents that do not concern abortion. In other words, he said I'm not saying we need to knock down some marriage, although he is an advocate personally for biblical marriage between a man and a woman. So. They, they saw that as a siren, a call to take on the, not only the Supreme Court. One guy was trying to assassinate Brett Kavanaugh, Justice Kavanaugh, as you know. But they took this on. And so that's what gave birth to this Respect for Marriage Act. So it's now awaiting action in the Senate. And most of us who pay attention to these matters knew that there would be two or three Republicans, as I said, and I said that earlier on this program. Well, as I said a moment ago, within hours, five Republicans committed with others considering that they're going to join and vote. They've apparently put their finger to the wind and they feel that that's the way the wind is blowing. Susan Collins, a Republican from Maine, she was actually a sponsor of the legislation. That was no surprise. Senator Lisa Murkowski from Alaska, she says, I've made it clear for years that I support gay marriage. She hasn't actually made it clear for years. She may have felt that way. She started saying it in more recent years. Senator Tom Tillis, a Republican from North Carolina, he says he'll probably support the bill. That was a shock to me. I didn't expect that from him. I didn't. And a lot of others didn't either. Senator Rob Portman, a Republican from Ohio, he backs the bill. He made a change. He's an evangelical Christian. He's very active in his evangelical church. He says he believes the Bible, serves Jesus. His daughter came home some months, some couple of years ago now, I guess it was, his daughter came home and explained to Rob and his wife that she, their daughter, was now a lesbian, and she had changed her sexual orientation, or she had discovered that she was born that way, or whatever she said. Anyway, as a result of that, instead of Rob Portman embracing his daughter and showing her love and acceptance as his daughter, but rejecting her sexual behavior, he didn't. He embraced her sexual behavior in an act that he thought would show love 
to her. That's the problem that's happening too often. We want to show our kids or someone, a close friend or whomever, or just the culture, that we're good people. We're not bad people. We love everybody. God is love. We love. And people have a right to marry whom they love. That's the problem. Christian leaders are not laughing or applauding, but Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, who launched this bill, she's laughing. I think Satan is probably applauding. It's sad. Tony Perkins, he's asking, what has changed? He's head of Family Research Council. He said in an op-ed this week, he said, when the Supreme Court delivered its blow to marriage and 2015, burning down three dozen state laws and tearing up 50 million ballots, the GOP's reaction was straightforward, outrage. With a handful of exceptions, the response that echoed across the two coasts was a collective, how dare they? As far as Republicans were concerned, what the five justices did on that June day was a betrayal of the people, Perkins says, our system of government and the pillar that's upheld society since the beginning of time. He is absolutely right. He says it's an injustice. He said, they railed. It's an injustice. Now, seven years later, they finally have a chance to prove it. And the question is, will they? Keep in mind that when the Supreme Court redefined marriage in America in 2015, we became only the 23rd country out of 195 to do so and only one of seven to have it imposed on us by a court, not the will of the people. Still today, there are only 33 countries in the world that have gone down this path of redefining marriage. All the rest of the countries of the world are smarter than the United States. Only 33 have gone down this out of the hundreds of countries. But as time has gone on, Republicans seem to have gotten increasingly comfortable just letting the court decide an issue that they argued was rightly theirs just seven years ago. That shock came home when these 47 Republican House members walked away from the party, the Republican Party, if not walking away from biblical teaching. If they're not Christian, so be it. But good grief, why are they Republicans? Why are we supporting them? Why are we voting for them? I think that's questions that we should be asking ourselves. Within 24 hours, within 24 hours, after Schumer suggested he's going to bring this bill that will that will undermine marriage in ways it has never been undermined before in the history of the world, certainly in the history of this nation. Five Republicans jumped on board. They they wetted their finger and they stuck it up in the air and they tested which way the wind was blowing. And they have discerned that the wind is blowing in the direction of, well... Love wins and everybody has the right to marry whom they love and blah, blah, blah. 
Boy, I want to tell you something. I want you to get it straight. If you're one of those that believe that, you're going to have a very sad awakening someday. God himself created marriage. This is not some institution that has evolved with humanity. God created it in the beginning. I don't care what the evolutionists say. God says in the beginning he created the heavens and the earth and he created male and female and he created a union between them that they were to reproduce themselves and sustain humanity on this earth. And boy, when you start fiddling with that or you start taking a position against that, it's only going to be a path of failure. Joe Biden is giving himself a lot of pats on the back today for an economy that's tanking. He's calling it doing well. I mean, people, Isaiah was right. I mean, these are times when people are calling evil good and good evil. And I mean, it's sweet, bitter and bitter sweet and all of these things. It just, it's astounding to me. You have to ask yourself, what has changed? Certainly not the significance of the marriage or the Constitution, not even the Republican Party's platform has changed. If anything's changed, it's this ferocious war being waged against our children's innocence and religious freedom and parents and human biology and all of this stuff that's going on that we talk about every day on this program. And we talk about it, I talk about it, Because we need to be informed so we can look at what's happening in our culture through a biblical lens, as we did this morning, as we read from the Psalms. I want to tell you that God is in control of things, but we need to be aware and we are his agents of change, of salt, and of light in the culture. That's where we are today. Seven years from now, will we be saying, if the Lord tarries, will we be saying that those issues don't matter, that the world has moved on, that we know someone who's transgender, so it must be okay? It's not okay. Love the child. Love the friend who has lost their way. But don't change your beliefs. And for God's sake, don't try to change the beliefs of America. Because that does not end well. If Republicans want to stick their finger in the cultural winds to decide where they stand on these timeless truths, then they're throwing away everything the American people have come to respect about today's Republican Party. Their courage, their common sense, their conviction. Maybe these senators think linking arms with the left makes them seem more compassionate and contemporary. If they do, they're dead wrong. And they should never be reelected, whomever they are, ever. Real leaders don't vote out of fear or political calculus. They don't take their cues from the courts or public opinion. They do what's right no matter what it costs them. That's what voters respect, and that's what voters want who have stood with this Republican Party. And that's what they deserve. Other than that, I have no opinion. (laughs) No. 
I could say a lot more if I had more time. I've had less time today, but thank you for understanding. Thank you for being with me. We'll get things fixed, and we'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.